I want to hear an interaction to your expectation for this morning's service. Naira, what did you hear? The word of God. Just like that. What is your expectation? What is your expectation? I can't say. Okay. Okay, so. Usually many people do not anticipate what is about to happen to them. And sometimes when the happenings happen, when it occurs, they have no idea. They were like men that I was dreaming. But I pray that your expectation, the expectation that you have in your heart, I pray that the Lord himself will meet you at the point of your expectation in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Let us pray. Sweet Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life and the blessing of your presence. We acknowledge your spirit in our midst. We thank you for spiritual guidance and spiritual intelligence. We thank you that our lives are never the same, but our lives are on that onward and upward projections in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we lack not the word, we lack not the spirit. We thank you for the spirit of excellence. We are ready to listen to your word. Open our eyes that we may see that which you have written beyond the letters. We pray our hearts to become tablets in your hands to receive the perfect laws of liberty. Write with the ink of the Spirit on the tables of our hearts that we may conform to your image in all our pursuits, in all endeavors of our lives. We thank you, Spirit Divine, for the opportunity to be blessed once again in your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Be here with me. Okay. So uh, fasting is very good. It's not my topic for today, but I just want to empower you a little. Aside of physical benefits and all that, the spiritual benefits of it, it outweighs anything at all that you could ever imagine. You realize how sometimes you are so dull and you are not aware of what is happening. 
is so I'm talking about realities, like things that you would experience if you are really, if you put yourself into some of these things. You see, and I think yesterday I made mention of the fact that certain key turnaround moments in the life of most ministers and the ministries of most ministers, even in the life of ordinary believers, no believer is ordinary, but understand why I'm using the term ordinary. Yes, in the life of every unique believer, <laughs> or normal Christian, if I say normal Christian, you understand. The normal Christian is, is, is a serious, is a serious, I mean, Christian. But we think normal Christian is baby Christian. But it's not supposed to be like that. You see? So, what it does is that it really opens your eyes to that which the eyes cannot see. So it's like you begin to have a second eye or, or an eye beyond your two eyes. And the reason why many of us address certain situations and we seem not to overcome them is because we do not know the foundations of those situations. So you see that in the ministry of Jesus, there were moments of interactions. For instance, Jesus asked, what is your name? When he was addressing the Gadarene demoniac. And he said, I'm legion. There you know that, okay, this is what you're dealing with. Hallelujah. Many of us have been praying about our finances. We have been praying about our health. We have been praying about even our families, how we want things to go. And it's like you are praying. And what we are praying against is just the sentence. It's just like uh, a doctor just trying to treat the sentence. What you tell him is what he, he treats. Then you go and come back. The thing is still there. Until you actually find what is wrong with the person. It's just like the recent season. Everybody saying, a lot of people were saying that they have symptoms of malaria. Oh, I'm having malaria. Symptoms, general body pains and weakness, fatigue, oh, a little uh, fever, and there and there. And when people tell me that I, I can tell, I can say, hey, are you sure it is malaria? But I don't scare them. <laughs> Everything looks so similar, but I realize that, oh, okay, we're going to test for something else. I realize that, oh, it might not be what you uh, suspected because you think the symptoms were similar. Like, I mean, you were just treating the symptoms. You take and you're a little bit okay. And still, you realize that it comes back. Why? Because we do not get to the roots of all of these things. Hallelujah. Do you get it? Why? Because we lack accurate knowledge of truth. You do not know what you are dealing with. Amen. Amen. You sometimes watch movies and you see how chemicals can explode. And chemicals just look like water. Until you mix something and something and then what? There's explosion. Is the reason why a lot of chemicals are labeled hidden in there. Because everything looks like water. Most of you did acid-based titrations. It looks like water. How many of you have sick bees before? Sodium hydroxide. 
those things that they used to use. I'm all pipetted. Okay? You are pipetted, you are careful. <laughs> you, you are careful that. That thing looks like water, but it enters into your mouth and it, it numbs your tongue. And for three days, you are doing this. Still, you are not really feeling. You are scratching your teeth on your, on your tongue and still you are having the effect of what like water. It wasn't water. It appeared like water. Mm. I hope I'm releasing certain things. So many a times, we need to address the situations by their name. Mm. Amen. You have to address the situation by their name. For instance, uh, in the ministry of Jesus, they brought, they brought someone to him, a boy that... Uh, that often throw himself into fire, he often throw himself into water, that he can be there, jump, and then he's on the ground, like all forms of, you say seizures, right? Or you might say, oh, epilepsy. But how did Jesus address these things? <laughs> I'm talking about spirituality here, I'm not talking about uh, uh, noxious. Uh, scientific knowledge. I'm talking about spiritual knowledge, which is what? Accurate knowledge. Precise knowledge. Knowledge beyond what what science will tell you, which is basically treating the symptoms. Sometimes you feel okay and all that. The roots of it. He can tell them, no, this is a spirit of infirmity. This is a deaf and dumb spirit. Are we here? So, in, in, in the lives of many ministries, I've, I've given you something that you can relate to in terms of help and all that. He realized that men of God go, they go into moments of prayers and fasting. If you've listened to most great men of God, and sometimes there's a little challenge with uh, a particular area, maybe the finance of the ministry or the numerical growth of the ministry or maybe any, any issue at all, then it is revealed that ah, this thing is, is actually a creature somewhere staring away people. How will you know these things? Because you, you realize that you practice all the business knowledge you acquired, uh, business administration, your leadership qualities, you, you've applied them, but nothing is working. So now you'll be saying that ah, all the things that the men of God are teaching is not true or all the principles you learned in school is not true there is something beyond that that you have not actually attended to and many of those things you can only get them when you separate yourself and you go into the secret place then you come out with a certain level of what authority and power hallelujah Amen. and and you realize that now when you speak it is not mixed with any impurity of doubt or faithlessness there's a reason why Jesus can tell you that can tell you the efficacy of the mustard seed of faith. If mustard seed is a very small seed, how come faith as little as that could move such mountains? Hallelujah. Because we, we need big faith to move big things. Hallelujah. But Jesus said the other other way around. If you have faith as little. So now from Jesus's uh, 
demonstration, it means that faith. It is not really about the size of the faith, but it is about the purity of the faith. So there is something that happens to you when you are in the secret place. I, I, I prefer to call it clocks within the pipes. Clocks within the pipes or there's a clocks within the vessel such that there is a difficulty in the flow. You know, when you have blood vessels that are clogged with all forms of plaques, what happens? It affects the smooth flow of blood. And what happens? It becomes turbulent. It becomes turbulent. What happens? It results in what? Phosphor what pumping. Then you go to the hospital and they check it. They tell you that, oh, uh, it looks like your BP is, is high, small. And things have become some way. You need to monitor your diet and, and, and live well, trying them. Let's see and let's see how we can manage the situation to see if we can reverse it. You get it? Because there's an underlying cause. Hallelujah. So in the realms of the spirit, you know, you do not lack life. You don't you, you have life. We have life in us. Jesus said we have received life. So uh, what life is in the realms of the spirit is what blood is in the in the physical. Hallelujah. So uh, the old testament will let you know that. Uh, the reason why we offer sacrifices is because there is life in the blood. You get it? So, how come everybody has blood and life is supposed to be in, inside it and yet people are dying of what? Blood issues. And blood, I mean, blood clots and cloggings and, and all that. If life is related, and as long as I have blood, then I should survive. But there is a possibility of what having issues related to you, to the flow. And that is not healthy. Hallelujah. So many of us, this one practically tell you when you when you when you open your eyes, when you open your heart to the Lord and you go to the secret place, all the clocks within, it is just cleared like that. And there's it seems that there is there is an easy access. Have you realized how you are listening to me with that this level of attention? Do you know not all, not everybody feels comfortable in, in an atmosphere like this? Some people feel torment in an atmosphere like this. Why? Because of the level of maturity. It's like, as I'm speaking, it is just flowing into your heart. Others will say, ah, pastor is talking to me, what's the time? 10 minutes. Now 10 minutes has turned into 30 minutes. Now 30 minutes has turned into one hour. You cry, if I continue for a while, you start talking. It shows where where you are and where your heart is. Amen. Amen. But you can do 12 hours, 8 hours. You can do 36 hours. You can do 48 hours non-stop. Because there is, there is motivation for it. What if in the midst of it your heart fails? So what you were working for, and you know what they tell you? They tell you, oh, we are so sorry for such a strange event happening in the course of your work. Uh, we extend our condolence to the family. We are really sorry. If you are lucky, they'll contribute something small, 500 cities. And if your family pass by the funeral, they'll eat food more than the 500 cities. And even in your loss, you still, you still lose. 
<laughs> Interesting. So, why don't we open our hearts? The reason, I, I don't know why God, you know, the revelation I shared with you concerning surviving. You, you know, I, I knew nothing. I told you about how it happened. I knew nothing about it. I don't even know the meaning of Sabina. But I realized that, wow, God, this, this can only be God communicated. God said, let us go for this. Go for wisdom. It is the principle. The way our lives are structured, eh? if you say that you follow uh, the systems of Babylon, or you want to be under the influence of Nebuchadnezzar and, and, and Pharaoh, you might be okay, you might be fine, but you wouldn't be that stable enough. You know a lot of people that you consider sound are not sound? I had a funny dilemma. The majority of people have mental problems. <laughs> Dr. Jamra, is it true? <laughs> Very true. A lot of people have mental and you don't even know. Sometimes the reason why you keep on talking, 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 plenty like that is because something <laughs> there's something wrong. I'm not saying that you're yeah, talkative. No. I mean everybody and their uniqueness, their humor, their temperament and all that. You understand, eh? <laughs> I happened to visit uh, a children's home and I was with uh, a president of mine. And then he made a such a unique observation because he's standing in that area. I did not even take note of it. He's obtaining a master's in that, in that field. So all of a sudden he, he, he noticed the attitudes of the children. There was one that was all over me. Wanted to carry me, taking pictures with me, like so happy. And then there was one, as you are going close, the person is running out, don't come to me, don't come to me. Yeah, I don't know about Anyway, let me just go back to my message. Let's go. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 45. I started teaching you about Cyrus. Cyrus was a king of Persia, even of the empires that existed, major, major empires that existed. And You can also see that Cyrus was, uh, uh, look at where he's coming from, you know. Let's talk about this. You see how we can easily conclude that people are not of God. And all that, and all that they are not of God. Okay, so there we knew that the chosen people of God were what? The people of Israel. Yes, in the scriptures. But now this is it. He said that that's here the Lord to his anointed. He is now calling Cyrus his what? Anointed. And this one is not related to even. It's not related to Israel. Like 
I mean, though later there's a small relationship because of what he did for God's people. And this prophecy came several years before he was born. And God addressed him by his name. So God was saying that there was someone that's going to be born. And I told that most of the scriptures that we read, which we refer to uh, as messianic prophecies and all that, it was actually referring to this king that was actually coming to be the liberator of the children of God, people of Israel. And he was not even related to any family there. And you ask yourself, what happened? And the children of Israel got into captivity. When you look at the trends from what was written, Judges, Chronicles, Kings, all those beautiful storylines. When you look at all those things stated there, you realize that there is this unique thing about the children of Israel. They know that they have God, Jehovah, their God. And yet, these people were so stubborn. You see how if you are going to marry a woman or you are going to marry a man, they usually advise you that be careful of the person you are going to marry you. Sometimes your parents will advise you. Sometimes when they see that hmm, the, this person can be dangerous or this person can have negative effect on your life, they warn you. They want you to be careful or we told you. Then usually people don't listen because they are in love. They don't listen because they are then they go and then they go and hit with their face. Then later, when the problems and things like your parents actually saw this, then they warned you that, hmm, wait a minute. I'm not saying that always, like almost every time when your parents say that they don't like you. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they are always right. Do you get it? But I'm just giving you a scenario, like something that is common to us. But interestingly, God chose a, a group of people that were like the they were there like the people that your parents would warn you about not to not to marry. God, God, God in his own wisdom. And all this was just to demonstrate his love towards man. Hallelujah. Amen. Meaning that in the darkest and worst, most worst situation of our lives, darkness, like most rebellious life, most rebellious spirit. He still calls us what? His own. He calls us his own when we didn't even feel like we belong to him. You see? So that shows the beauty, the grace, the mercy, and I mean, the goodness of God. And how he's ever willing to forgive and, and to rescue us from any form of danger. So God chose the people. And these people were very stubborn. They were very, very, very stubborn. You can refer them to, how many of you would just settle down for a halot? Mm. Or if you don't understand halot, like a prostitute. How many of you, you know, people, people in their own understanding, if they want to have fun, they will go behind the scenes and then go for the prostitute, have all the fun and excitement, the joy. But then when they want to marry, they don't marry. You know that, hey, this woman or this guy, no, 
It's the same way people are practicing friends with benefits. Oh, okay, we are just we are just we are just friends, just for that reason. No strings attached. If it comes, I mean, at the right time, I will marry whoever I want to marry. But now let us play. Or in in the university, they say, help me finish my course. <laughs> help me finish my course so it is the reason why many relationships in the in the SS, SHS universities do not really end in any anything, it only ends in broken hearts and just a few just a few break up wisely and even that one, the enmity that will exist it's like whatever you see you see the person, it's like something is happening to you Yeah. So God chose the people that were so they, they they when you look at them you 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 don't want to like physically you wouldn't want to choose. You say that ah, God, why did you choose these people? So God chose some, something like a harlot. And interestingly, God can use your life if you're a prophet or you are called of God, God can make your life a picture, a typology of what he's experiencing. It's not easy to be called. Then God will say that for you to really understand what is happening, I'll make your wife like this and that. It's like your wife will be stubborn and stubborn and stubborn. All this is what is to teach the way of love. There's a reason why marriage is very, very like it is the only thing that you can really liken to the divine love and and, and the divine love that exists between God and then. Uh, humanity you see humans can be so stubborn even the gospel people that we hear of chosen generation royal priesthood if you do this and all that most of the things that you are claiming for yourself it was not for you yes it was not for you it's it's written when you go back you see them in Deuteronomy you see it's not it's not yours but thank God that the wild olives have found favor in the eyes of God and you have been grafted into the light. Mm. Praise God. Yeah, so this people were very stubborn. So one of the things that you can see running through or common denominator was that they practiced a lot of idolatry. As I what they practiced a lot of what? Idolatry. In our era, in our time of civilization, you say that, oh, uh, we've passed the places where we bow down to graven images and all that and all that. But it's a still idolatry. Some of us are even practicing witchcraft. Hallelujah. But because you don't go and take a satanic cauldron and put in red blood and, I mean, things and things into it, you feel that you're not practicing witchcraft. I mean, your rebellion alone is, is more than witchcraft. Your, 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 your desire to control the will of people and like that is, 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 is witchcraft. The hatred that you have for certain people is, is witchcraft. The serious slandering and things you are doing just for your, for your promotion or for the goodness of your, the promotion of your children. This is all witchcraft, but then it has been, it has been, how do I coat it or sugar coated with, you know, you see how we have, we have moved from icing sugar to now 
they call it whipped cream. Hallelujah. Say, Pastor, you are teaching wisdom. Remember some days ago, it was icing sugar. Those days, even I remember her birthday, first birthday party. I mean, it was icing sugar that we know about. But now everything has changed. And now you can see the change, the, the taste in the, in the the sweetness has changed. Now this one, you know, it's not just sugar, but it's now creamy. It's like ice cream. Somebody said we are fasting. Fasting, pastor, don't be mentioning these things into our ears. It is inciting our appetites. Yeah, so many of the things have been quoted like that, and you might not really see what you're practicing unless in this new testament is the reason why the Lord will teach you, and is the reason why you have to be so connected to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because He's the one that searches into the heart. Hallelujah. And you can tell now, even with the advancement of technology, we have we have moved from so many things. Like now, I don't need to carry a physical book. I can have over one thousand books here. You see, all in just this this small thing, one to eight. You see, small gigabyte of memory now, and then you have what you can have almost everything that you want, every knowledge that you want. You can download anything from it. Go where it is where. If you are compiling all those books, you are going to have an entire library and still there won't be space enough to carry this thing. Things have changed. But then, the underlying wisdom that seemed to uh, control the ways of life of these patterns is still there. Just that it has also upgraded its operating system. But it's basically the same. Just like you having the internet and having a lot of platforms being built on it. It is a platform. There is an underlying one. And now when you come, anybody that builds upon the internet, whether it's a business, whether it's an application, whatever it is that you build upon it, still when you go into, into the depth of it, there is that underlying one. It is still on the word internet. So the people were so rebellious. So uh, a few months ago, I showed you the fires of Tabera. I showed you uh, the the waters of Meribah. I showed you what the the graves of Kibro Tataba. Mm. Hallelujah! All these things were related to what memories, idolatry, lust. You see, they kept on complaining. So one of the reasons why the people uh, the people of Israel went into captivity was because of these things. And it is stated in all the scriptures, anytime they live the life of disobedience, you know, it's not that God just lets them go like that, but then he realized that the protection over your life, that which protects you, is like, it's broken. He said, God, take off your hands. God, I don't need you anymore. Lord, let me do a lot of, let me do this thing on my own. Some of us will say that, oh God, I wouldn't say this to you. But we are actually doing it to him. You see, it's like, I won't say it to you. It's just like telling someone that, oh, I won't stab you. But when he turns, then you stab. So you, 
And, and interestingly, if you are going to kill someone, will you even tell the person? Or if you want to do something evil to someone? Or unless the thing has really pained the point, I tell you, if you come through my path, I will harm you. So we do not speak with our mouth, but a lot of times uh, our practices goes beyond beyond that. And then sometimes people look back and say, ah, you did this to me. You did that to me. So this was a deliverance that was coming to God's people. It was a great deliverance. And 150 years before the deliverer was born, God spoke and said that this man is my anointed. He said, I have anointed him. Pass ye the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding, to subdue nations before him. And I will lose the loins of kings to open before him the two leap gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Next. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I'll break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the paths of iron. These are things which symbolize imprisonment, it symbolizing bondage. Hallelujah. And then it is saying that all these things will be broken because of the one that I have chosen, my anointed word, Cyrus, or my anointed Koresh. Okay, let's move on. Not just that. So after the breaking of all these things, so that which is harmful shall be dealt with. So it's like things will be broken down. And now there is a rebuilding. And it's saying that I will give thee the treasures of darkness. Say treasures of darkness. So darkness, darkness refers to the things that are hidden in a sacred place. And darkness does not necessarily mean darkness here. Amen. It does not necessarily mean darkness here. As in darkness, darkness. And hidden riches of what? Secret places. So that you will know that I, the Lord, which be by thy name. So the Lord called him by what? His name. How many years? 150 years plus before he was born. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that you are named of Christ? Hmm. Is that the one that has called us and established us as Christ himself. And he says that nevertheless the foundation of God would stand it strong having this seal. Is that we have been named of him. Hallelujah. We are named of Christ. You have the same name of Christ or the family name of Christ. Please let every man that is named of him depart from one iniquity. So when your name of Christ is separation into another kind of family, it's the family of light. And because of your, your presence in that family, now you depart from things which is not consistent with your nature. You get it. So you depart from what? Iniquity. Peter said something. So here, I mean, when you look at here, it gives you something we call the foreknowledge of God. Do you get it? Say foreknowledge. Foreknowledge. In the New Testament, several words were used for knowledge. Amen. Several words were used for knowledge. And most of, some of them were interpreted as 
in English as knowledge, then some of them were interpreted as what? Intelligence or understanding. Some of them were interpreted as acknowledgement. For instance, epignosis. You see in the book of Philemon that like whatever, whenever you acknowledge that which God has placed within you, it makes your communication very effectual. And another portion, it was also interpreted as what foreknowledge. And this foreknowledge comes from the root word known as prognosis. Amen. Amen. Prognosis. I know it sounds okay with a lot of people here because you are some of you are health professionals. So prognosis, gnosis, pro gnosis is like so they can look at you and tell you that okay, your situation, uh, looking at what we are finding and looking at what you are showing right now, uh, it's like that in the next three months to six months, you, you will not be with us, it's likely. Or maybe you have a survival rate of, let's say, uh, six years. So from zero point, this number of years to uh, six years, uh, you can leave us, as in you can die. <laughs> so that is, and sometimes it's also a good one. Oh, okay, we can see that based on how things are going, yeah, you'll be fine. You, you, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. So, Peter said that we are elected. Say, I'm the elect. I'm the he said, we are elected according to the prognosis of God. Do you get it? According to the foreknowledge of God. Is someone there? Okay. Open to Peter for me. Second Peter 2. No, okay. Hey, one or so. <clears throat> so you see application of uh, application of two different uh, knowledge or whatever. Okay. Okay, so first Peter one, then let's go to then we'll go to second Peter two. Second Peter chapter one. Okay, so first Peter one. It says that elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Amen. Amen. You can see election. Election means what? To be chosen. Amen. And you were chosen according to the foreknowledge. The prognosis. God already knows the ends from the beginning. He knows what is expected of you. He knows the outcome of your life. Are we here? So now, if you see me trying to uh, inform you about the word of God, it's just God's way of bringing you into alignment. Saying that I know the end from the beginning. Your life is supposed to move in that direction. And 
it is up to you to agree with the spirit of God and then you work together. Do you get it? Like the foreknowledge of what King Cyrus. Do you think if do you know King Cyrus founded himself in an area where it is very difficult to know God? Because what they practice, I mean everything about them. Imagine Babylon, what were they worshipping? They were worshipping images of the universe of the three Hebrew boys. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You heard of the four Hebrew boys, Daniel, then Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Hello, all men, all prophets. Yes. And they were persecuted for all sorts of reasons because of what they stood for. They stood for God, they stood for prayer. Hallelujah. They said nothing will interfere in this mind koinonia with God. Hallelujah. Amen. They said nothing will interfere in my koinonia with God. It's just like getting married and you know there is a way to actually determine when you read the books of our fathers. They will tell you one of the ways to uh, determine how your relationship is going and they can predict it by the intensity of your knowledge of your partner. Hallelujah. Amen. Say Ginosto. Amen. Am I making sense of God? I said no. And Adam knew Eve. That is what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. That's depth of acquaintance or that idiomatic expression for how do we call it? Koinonia or, or sexual intercourse, which is supposed to be between a man and a woman. So, based on that, the counselors they have, they can tell, okay, so how often? Several years. Mm, then they will know that there is a question what? There is a question. A big question mark on that area it means that the relationship is not is not working. Hallelujah. So they have a, a how do I call it a chat for all that. Are we there? Okay. So elected. Say I'm elected according to the foreknowledge of God. Through sanctification of the spirit. So sanctification, you were separated by the Spirit of God. And you were separated unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. The grace and peace of God be multiplied unto you. Amen. So this man founded himself in a place where the knowledge of God is so less, but some way, somehow, he fulfilled all the things that were written of him. He said, Cyrus, my anointed. I mean, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where everything is supposed to make things not work. Let's say that, oh, you are talking to Pastor, and then all the reason you give, to, you give to Pastor, oh, Pastor, it is not me, oh. It is not me, it is the work. Oh, Pastor, it is not me, it is life, Abrabo. Like it is life that is beating me. That is why you don't see me or you know. 
this man was in a place if he thinks that he was going to move by the where he was born and all that he will end up following a lot of things practices which will never bring him closer to god but god had a foreknowledge of him and this is what we need to hold on to hallelujah he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his dear son hallelujah and he called us unto good works before the foundations of the world. It is all about the thought or the prognosis of God. About you. Am I making sense? So now, anything at all that will come into place to fight or wage war with the work that God is doing within you, you need to stand and become wild against it. And tell yourself that God has spoken well of me. God has prophesied concerning me. God calls me the elect and I've been called and sanctified by the Spirit of God unto obedience. Where now I'm, I've been released into that glorious liberty of the sons of God where I have grace and peace multiplied unto me. Through what? Through the knowledge of Him. Through, 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 through that intercourse of Him. Where now I receive accurate and precise knowledge. So many of us, many of us, the reason why we do not reach the highest of our potential is because of we welcoming the limitations and then accepting that this is what it is. Cyrus wouldn't have even fulfilled any of these things, but it was written of him many, many years ago before he was born. And it happened. That he was the one that God used to liberate his children from the captivity in Babylon. Babylonian captivity. And we all know Babylon was like Egypt. Hallelujah. Just that you need to understand the, the, the oppressions and things might be the same, similar. And all that. But sometimes there is one that God will take you in there. So that you come out so strong. And there is one that you go into yourself because of what? Your disobedience. Hallelujah. But even that one, because you are so dear to God's heart, even when you keep on committing adultery. Hallelujah. I'm talking about, if I say adultery, I hope you understand. I'm talking about a relationship between God and, and His people. And you keep on, I mean, Committing idolatry. Idolatry, idolatry. That's what I mean. Hallelujah. Yes. He still loves you and then he still makes a way by sending someone even out of your midst who is not of your line. And he calls him his anointed. And he comes to bring liberation. So those that are anointed, you realize the kind of power that they come with. And here you are, the one that has called you and has anointed you is Christ. Am I making sense? Or we are not tapping, it means that we are not tapping into the fullest potential of the anointing which we have received. And it means that we are not also uh, intertwining to the depths or, or the levels we are supposed to go into. Because if you sit down and you reason, you meditate, you realize that ah, 
I cannot let go of these waters within. I cannot go. These waters must come up like fountains. These waters must come out and become what? Living brooks. It must come out and become what? Rivers of living waters. That will supply waters for as many that will be drawn into him. Are we here? Do you understand? So, the reason why I'm giving you an account of King Cyrus is because he was called the Lord's anointed. And he also called the Lord's anointed. He was the, called the elect. He also called what? The elect. Hallelujah. He was chosen by God. You have been chosen. And any man that is anointed comes with authority. So, there is nothing that you're going through which the anointing cannot break in. Or the anointing cannot destroy. And we've seen it in several places of the scriptures where the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Are you here with me? So, if you can have consultation with the life that is within you, it says that the anointing that you have received, you need no man to even come and teach you. But in this same anointing will teach you what? Your way out. It will guide you. It will lead you into all truth. Are we here? So the promises have been clearly stated. The spirit has been given to you. In fact, the spirit of God has been separated you. And now this same spirit, which is within you, we are supposed to consult with. Amen. When you consult with him, now your perception is sharpened. Your eyes now is beyond the normal, the ordinary person's eye. And many of the answers that the ordinary person is looking for, you can easily have access to. Why? Why am I saying this? It says that grace and peace be multiplied on you through the knowledge. So how interactive have we become? With the life that we have received. Zoe, Zoe. Hallelujah. Amen. Not for the excitement of it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But then, how interactive have you, have, you, have, you, have you become with the life? And those moments, they are the moments of your quiet time. They are the moments that we call the moments of the secret place. I explained to you that when it comes to a secret place, Bible talks about how the Lord himself is clouded by well, thick clouds. He's surrounded by thick clouds. The Lord is light, oh. remember? The Lord is light. But then he says that before you get into this realm of light, you need to pass through what you call the darkness. Is it what? Thick clouds and what? Dark clouds and what? Waters. It is the access route into what? Into the light unapproachable. And what is this symbolic of? It's as if God is hiding himself. And the only way to gain access to him is to go through that secret place. I don't know what I'm making sense. While the psalmist wrote that word, he consulted the Lord in the secret place and he had the voice of the Lord of God pondering and releasing answers. Amen. Amen. Let me read that place for you. Open to Psalm. 
Unless, uh, can we use scriptural reference? In Psalm 8, one verse, it says, Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. Selah. Hallelujah. It's as if it's describing whatever happened. So, why would he use a term? You see where our prayers of fires and thunder come from? You get it? Because the Lord's voice, the Lord's voice is so real. Hallelujah. I did mention the fact that the voice of the Lord has a certain level of tangibility. It can walk. And you could feel it. You could feel him. You could feel his presence. So his voice is like the voice of what? Thundering. And then the sound of what? Many waters. His voice thunders. By tender by fire. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so let's go to Psalm 18. Verse 11. Then we'll go back to our elect. Are you here with me? So let's go to some 8 and verse 6. It says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He had my voice out of his temple. So, now, you realize that the secret place can be called the temple of God. Because it is where you find what? God. And usually when it comes to us, it is deep within us. Hallelujah. Going beyond the veil, which is the flesh. Going deeper, deeper. Within the hidden man of the heart, that is where he resides. Let's look at it. He said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried. Remember, Psalms are also some, what, where we read, said, what? He called on the Lord and then he received answers in the secret place. Like what? Thunder. Okay. I cried unto my God. He had my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wrong. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. So you can, we've seen fire here too. There's fire that comes out of his mouth. Devoured. Coals were kindled by it. So if you have charcoal there or you have anything that can be kindled, it will be kindled. Coals were kindled by it. His word is like fire. No wonder when the prophets of God encountered him, it was like fire within their bones. It was like sweet fire. How do you want to experience the power of God as, as fire? Or, or you're, you're thinking about the damaging effect of fire? 
it is very different. I don't know how I can describe it to you. I don't know how you would even see it. But when you encounter the fires of God and you have a submissive heart, a submissive spirit, you realize that there is an infusion of supernatural energy. You, you, you can't tell, but then you realize that your nature is very different from what you see physically speaking. So is the reason why people that have had throne room encounters, when they begin to describe, you realize they describe love. And sometimes they describe what the power and the energy of sometimes that they, 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 the strength in them just goes off like because the strength they have encountered is so 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 strong that like your strength becomes what negligible. So then it's like you are strength too, but you are fainted because you have encountered power that surpasses power. Hallelujah. You have encountered power that surpasses power. Many of these things, you will not find them when you live just ordinary like that. Like that, You would have to develop that closer life. Why would Jesus come and then address this situation and tell them, oh, this kind doesn't just go up. We know that he was talking about faith and all that, but then he mentioned prayer and fasting and all that. And there was something he didn't joke with. You know, there are so many amazing things that you can do just with the life that you have received from God. And one that has a good understanding of this can move mountains, you can shake nations and all that. But you realize that to see the full potential of it, I'm not giving us a requirement, to see the full potential of it, you would have to be sharpened yourself. Because there are always clocks within. And these are in the quiet moments when you go into the closet, into the secret place. It's as if the Lord has become your covering. Now the Lord has also become your temple, even though you have become what? A temple of God. This is what Jesus was describing. He in us, we in him, and he in what? The Father. So now who is in who? So he is the same person as the Father that is in me. So how come now he is in the Father? And now we are in him and he in us. This oneness is beyond physical description. Hallelujah. It ought to be spiritual. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. In my spiritual pursuit. Okay. So he bowed the heavens also, came down, and darkness was under his feet. So the Lord is of bowing the heavens and coming and darkness was under his feet. Hallelujah. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his sacred place. So, so darkness has become what? His sacred place. The hiding place of God is what? Please don't, don't be confused by the poetic language still related to whatever I'm trying to teach. So he said that he makes darkness his sacred place. It means that his covering, before you can, let's say if the Lord is coming, how will you see the Lord if his, this thing, if his feet has been covered with dark clouds or his feet has been covered in clouds? You have to enter into the clouds. 
sorrindo. And as you approach, as you go, and now you begin to encounter the light and the thunders, the voice of God. Look at it though. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. So it means that in actual sense, there is so much brightness, and we know, we know, based on our spiritual encounters, based on what is revealed in the scriptures, God is light. But access through this light, access into this light, you have to go into the secret place. Don't be confused about the, the words being used. It is trying to tell you that you need to go beyond. You don't just sit there and then God just appears. Even though he has come and he is right before you. How do you sit down and all of a sudden you appear at work? Or who has done that before? You are there now at the thought of work then. You have arrived. Like some of you will sleep and sleep. Yes. <laughs> if I remember you sleep, you 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 not even think of work anything. Because <laughs> at the thought of it, you'll be there. No, it doesn't just it doesn't happen like that. Is that the Lord also thundered in the heavens? So he thundered in the heavens. Now he thundered within the clouds. Then he thundered in the sacred place. Remember, his sacred place is his temple. So just physically imagine. So run about him. Temple is, is like, um, temple is, uh, let's say, a building where you dwell in. You see? And now he's saying that his temple is the sacred place. And now, here we know that to encounter the light of his glory, you have to go through the thick clouds and all that. And then when you're able to gain access into it, it says that now you will hear his voice, which is what? The thundering in the heavens. So what encounter are you having? It's actually a heavenly encounter. I don't know whether you get it. It's actually a heavenly encounter. So if we neglect, if we neglect the secret place, we lose a lot of things and your life will become common like the ordinary man. So now you have your own pattern. Mm, uh, God is not there. Uh, I think you were even explaining some things to me. How was it you or someone, someone else who has lived there? They don't believe that they don't believe in anything. Oh, how big God is. They don't believe in the hope of what science is telling them is what they believe in. People don't believe in anything. And many of us are living our lives like that. We don't believe in anything. All that we want is our life to just go like the ordinary person, which is the ways of death. It's the ways of death. It might seem so right in our eyes, but it's the ways of death. I told you that I have come to a place where I realized that ah, 
Is this how corporate organizations operate? Then I wouldn't want to be in a corporate organization like that. But I believe that there are people that can build organizations well, standing on the foundation of God, and things will move on. So I was having interactions with other people, and they said, Charlie, it's like that everywhere. Do you know what it means? What, what he's trying to say? It's nice enough before you can go to the top, you must pass somewhere. And passing somewhere, either you begin to choke, or you begin to slander, or you begin to do all sort of things. And, and it's somewhere, and sometimes, when, if you don't do that, if you do that, you become closer to the heart of what? Management. Why? Because if anything, you come up, okay, okay, this guy is interested in the book. Let's just promote him. Now, concepts are being taught, whistleblowing. And it's a way to make things advance in the favor of what? That means you are loyal to what? The company said, is this the way to go? Well, we know the people that read in the, in the book of the, the, the Peter's epistles that we should lay aside slandering and all these things. All these negative things. That is what is making a lot of people survive in the world. If you see people that you envy, you think that you are you are so desirous of what they have. You have no idea where they passed. So you need not conclude that surely I need to go through the same way. Ah, a friend of mine was saying that, oh, uh, Brasimo, <laughs> you know, if you want to make money, you have to dirty yourself small. You know, he was being, essentially, if not, that is not, you will still be stagnant. He was telling the truth. So there are certain things, you know, they listen to me, I teach them, I Everything that I have to teach them, even right ways of making money and all that and all that. But then, the <laughs> just So I realized that there are certain things when they are doing, they won't share with me. And I said, what is it? Oh, wait, tell, tell, me, tell me what it is, Brasimo. This one, yeah, you, you, it's not, you are not supposed to. There are things that people do. And you can see the things that they are carrying their own. The president doesn't even have. And the thing is that, oh, you have to dirty yourself small. Mm. You know. And even that one is just qualifying with small so that so that we can we can relate with and then it's small. But if you go into the depths and the depths of it, you see that Charlie, it is big, it is big something. But it has been sugar coated or coated with what? Whipped cream. <laughs> Whipped cream it. So you think, oh, it's not, it's not. When you go into it, you're like, hey, this thing, if things backfires, you will be the next, well, how do you call it? The man that was recently arrested. You see, so do not envy anyone. You have no idea what happens in the public place. You see someone, a very big manager, but you, you know what he did. You have no idea. The person might not have gone for to do anywhere, but sometimes, sometimes I cry with us and no, if this is the path, Lord, I don't want to. If that is the only way to to really become great, no, then I prefer to just and that is that is that is the purity of my heart. Because I know ah, I'm going to contaminate myself. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, just contaminate yourself small, small pay. And you see, when you make it right now, then you can establish businesses that will serve as what? Coverance. So sometimes you have a lot of people having very big businesses. You know that people are not even buying the things that is legal. Very beautiful shops with clothes and things inside, and you're who will buy this. But when you enter, when you enter the place, they mention this for thousands. You know that when you go to Kataman, you can get this thing for 10 cities or 5 cities. And you even use 100 cities to get plenty of that. Nobody will know that your children is wearing anything different. So you ask, yeah, which people, there are people that will buy, but you realize that most of them, they are genuine ones though, but most of them, because the place you are paying about $1,000 or $2,000 a month for the place. And just a, one or two people walk in. What is the secret? One, one guy was telling me that, oh, sometimes we don't know what happened. What happens? You see someone selling uh, this takeaway packs, and all that you. And the person is, if you ask him, you tell him, oh yeah, I mean to take away packs. You see a takeaway pack seller riding a Lexus. <laughs> you start, you think, ah, you don't know, you don't know. You think, ah, you you never understand. Until you go and say, and tell, oh, show me the secret. Are you sure you want to know? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to know? Oh, I'm, I'm willing to do anything at all. Are you sure you are willing to do anything at all? Okay. Okay, there's this Baba. Uh, if you are ready, if you are willing to do anything, then let's go. <laughs> but they are very genuine ones too. Hallelujah. Where God is that our grace and peace be multiplied to you through what? Their knowledge. So, so there is a knowledge. There are different kinds of knowledge. Uh, I think April, next sessions and things I'll teach about the etymology of the words of wisdom pertaining to the Hebrew scriptures, and then we'll look at that from the Greek origin, wisdom and knowledge, so that we can know the different kinds. You know, the English translation will just tell you knowledge, knowledge, but. There are different kinds of knowledge. So, the kind of knowledge that God would want us to have with him is accurate and precise knowledge of the highest quality that we could ever have, which has to do with us looking deep within. That is a hypnosis. And our acquisition or interaction with that knowledge should be that of the relationship that exists between a man and a wife. Even in the depth of what intimacy, it shows the level of knowledge. It is the only way that we can get to the place where God has fully emptied his life into us, then we say that we have come to the place of the fullness of God. Hallelujah. So many of us have an, an idea of what the knowledge is. Oh yes, we are great in God. We have the life of God, chosen generation and royal priesthood. All the good things having the life of God in me. But then what is a relationship with that knowledge? The relationship with that knowledge is also another kind of knowledge. And to Genosco, 
Hallelujah. And to know, I say, it is between you and your one. You know, there is a knowledge that exists between a man and a woman that outsiders do not want. No. Is the reason why they said that Adam knew Eve. You see? And then what? Abraham knew Sarah. And when Abraham knew Sarah, she was conceived. And Isaac knew Rebekah. And then what? She conceived. And Jacob knew what? Leah and who? And Jacob knew Rachel. Rachel. And there is always something. So no external person. It's something that we know that it's sacred. So it's a sacred relationship. It is a knowledge different from knowledge that exists between brothers. This knowledge goes to the point that Jesus describes it as giving yourself fully. Willing to die even for the person. Because you realize that you have, you have become one. If you don't save her, if you don't save him, it means that you are dying. You will need his survival because that's what establishes your survival. If we are able to relate with God at that depth of knowledge that my survival is fully dependent on him. It has always been the depth of knowledge I've been pointing you people to. That Paul got to. He knew that he had no life of his own. He has no life of his own. He said, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Why wouldn't he be full of God? Why wouldn't he be full of him? Why wouldn't everything about him express God? Because he has considered that he has no other life than what? Than the life of God. For he was crucified. Have we come to the point where we say that I have been crucified with the Lord? Or we still don't see it? You see? You see how it sounded to the Apostle Paul? It seems so different because of the levels of revelation we are having. It's something he was willing to die for and give himself fully for. Somebody said that we are willing to die. We are willing to die as we are waiting and then the death is coming. Now we begin to run away. Can you stand? That I will know him. That depth of knowledge. Imagine you knowing the Lord. What will you do? In the place of Koinonia, what does he call it? He calls it distributions. So imagine the Lord now distributing himself. And now you participating in that divine presence. Distributing himself into you. When you see men becoming great in their times, in terms of the knowledge of God, in terms of ministry, in terms of kingdom work, you should know that they have been in the sacred place. They have encountered that light. Why? Because they went through the thick clouds. They entered into the temple. And they heard the thundering 
of the voice of the Lord. The fires of God became so real and their coals were kindled and they started burning and as long as they remain within the temple they keep on burning and when they burn you'll be seeing the signals you'll be seeing the smoke you'll be seeing this ah there's a fire burning there let me see what that fire is let your light so shine before all men that they may see your light that they may run into your light but do not let your light shine and hide it under a bushel but rather you place it you strategically position it that it might give what light to the entire household are you here with me the lord is good he's good My time is it's gone. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. were seen. Do you want me to talk about these things? It just gives you an idea of what happens when we go deeper. Then the channels of the waters were seen and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent from above he took me and he drew me out of many waters. You might be thinking that he's talking about the distresses of, of the psalmist, the challenges and the problems that he went through. And then he founded a poetic language to just uh, make it sound, uh, how do I call it, poetic or make it sound like a literature. No. In all these things, he is releasing codes. 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 After you break into the sacred place, you encounter the light and the voice of God. Now, what happens? He said, the channels and the waters become so bad, the foundations of the end. It means that you begin to understand the secrets of wisdom. Are we here? Is it by wisdom? A house is established. In a like manner, by wisdom, the foundations of the earth were laid. Does it sound familiar? By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it's established. By knowledge, its chambers are filled with all the treasures, the secret, or the access route into the hidden treasures, or the treasures of the secret place, or the riches in that places. It's the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge of God. 
But he has said it in poetic language. It takes a wise man to decode these things. To conclude with, it says that purpose or counsel, purpose in the heart of a man. Maybe we seem walking aimless in this world. Nobody is made to walk aimless like that. Nobody is made to just walk directionless. No. He says that this thing that he called the spirit of man, it is the kingdom of the Lord. And it, it lightens up all the inward parts or all the inward chambers of the belly. So if a man can contact the brightness of his glory, what happens? He encounters the spirit of God. He becomes enlightened. And what happens? He is able to now draw out of the many waters that is resident within him. Purposes or cancer in the heart of a man can be likened to deep wells or deep waters or fountains. But only a man of understanding will draw them out. Is it meant to understand and to know and to genosco the love of God, which passeth knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God? Am I making sense? We thank God for His word. My conclusion is that you are elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. You are called, you are chosen, you are elected, you are anointed. And God has a prognosis of you, a foreknowledge. Before the foundations of the world, that you should be called unto good works. May He strengthen you in the name of Jesus. May He cause you to walk in His life. May He cause all things to abound in your favor. May He cause you to grow in Him in all things. In the name of Jesus. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, your word has come to us. This is the wisdom of God. This is the life of God. This is the understanding that we have received from your spirit. This is divine counsel. I pray that your people be taken out of every form of captivity by your anointing in the name of Jesus. Just as your anointing was so strong upon Cyrus and he grew in the knowledge of God and was able to execute God's plan. I pray for your people that they would walk in the fullness of their callings. That they will walk in grace. That they will walk in peace. That their lives will be great examples in the name of Jesus. Let the waters within them rise up as fountains, forming brooks and living brooks and living streams that will bless nations 
and bless all those that come into contact with him i pray that the blessing of your word the spirit of excellence and the spirit of abundance be heavily released upon your people in the name of jesus and i pray that every deceptive influence by the wisdom of god this one will escape in the name of jesus i pray that negative spirits and negative influences shall not have their way in their lives in the name of jesus this one shall not be harmed by any spirit of the flesh in the name of jesus i pray that slandering by bitings anything associated with the flesh will not mark their lives in the name of jesus i pray that you set them apart by your spirit and use them as a light in their environment in the name of jesus may this one shine for your glory may this one grow for your glory may this one know you in the name of jesus you are good and your message endures forever thank you jesus thank you jesus we thank you in jesus name we pray can we all shout a big amen? amen are you blessed by the message amen. give a hand offering to the lord god bless you so much for coming i think i've been able to end 